from Buckinghamshire to a career in Australia and Hong Kong, real estate to marketing, and now running her own business back in, back in Buckinghamshire, focused on the equestrian industry. Laura Cusser is a woman with boundless energy and always a smile on her face. The first time I met Laura, we hit it off straight away. She's fun, friendly, dedicated and open. She's the kind of person you know you can trust and will be there for you. Starting her own venture has been a big step in self-confidence and belief. And like so many women, stepping into the world of business on your own for the first time can be quite daunting. So, Laura, welcome to With Tracy. And thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me, Tracy. It's lovely to be here. (laughs) And we are actually sitting in Laura's beautiful home in Buckinghamshire, so it's a special treat for me. Uh, Laura, before we talk about your current venture, I'm really intrigued to know what took you to Australia and Hong Kong, where I believe you landed up living for 10 years. I did, yes. I actually started um, on a round-the-world trip for a year, um, but ended up living in Perth, Australia for a year and then moving on to Hong Kong. Eight years later and two children later, <laughs> I returned back to the UK. <laughs> and was it fun? I mean, you obviously did love it out there. It was amazing. We were there at a really fantastic time. The economy was booming and it was difficult for anybody not to have stayed. Uh, it was full of expats all on the same journey as us. Yeah, loads of fun. Yeah, too, too much fun. A great place to be. I, I miss it. I do miss it. Now, I'm kind of thinking that there probably wasn't a lot of uh, dealing with horses when you're in Hong Kong. So what kind of got you into that here? Well, actually, there were horses in Uh Hong Kong, but they were all racehorses. So I've always loved horses and had riding lessons as a child, but I was never lucky enough to own my own pony. But I actually rode every week in Hong Kong. They were all ex-racehorses, so they were a bit of a challenge, um, but it was a love beautiful little riding stable not too far from where we lived so I always made a point of riding there every week and then when I came back to UK the first thing I did was come back and buy my own horse (laughs) who I actually kept for 24 years (laughs) I've got a fantastic story yeah I don't think I knew that about you actually So you don't imagine actually you saying about that the the whole you know racehorse thing in Hong Kong. I, I suddenly realised it is massive there. But I was kind of thinking you'd probably be very restricted on space. Yeah, you didn't have an awful lot of space on Hong Kong Island. But um, racehorsing is huge in Hong Kong because it's there's no. Um, other legal form of gambling uh, horse racing is the only legal form of gambling in Hong Kong so that was why it was so popular, huge and yeah. so popular yeah uh, but being then when the racehorses retired they often went to riding schools some were in the new territories uh, but on Hong Kong Island there was um, a riding school and actually the first horse I rode there was called Lucky Money <laughs> but he only had one eye <laughs> Had he made a lot of money in the yeah, past? Yeah, he had. He was very lucky, <laughs> but not so lucky when he lost his eye. 
<laughs> oh, brilliant. Now, you mentioned earlier about, you know, uh, you started a family when you were in Hong Kong. Uh, did How did that change your life? Because, you know, for many women, suddenly juggling work, family, and you weren't in your, you weren't in the UK, so. Um, I mean, one of the benefits of living in Hong Kong is that um, you could have a live-in helper so we did so from before the children were born so it was an ideal time for us to start a family Um, a little bit different when we came back to the UK but in Hong Kong um, I didn't have to change my life too much I was able to Mm -hmm. go back to work which I loved doing um, in real estate Um, but when I came back here I did have to change somewhat did you stop working when you came back here I guess that's the question then so I just I adapted my work around the children. Um, I'd always been keen on sport and fitness, and while the children were growing up, I actually trained as a fitness instructor so that I could teach classes or undertake private training around the children. So I just learned to adapt my working life and, <laughs> and forged a new role as a fitness instructor, which I continued to do for another ten years. In, in between other work, but um, I loved it. Being paid to train yeah. was perfect. And and looking after a horse that you had then bought once you came to the and UK. And looking after a horse, yeah. It was a busy life. So the children would just, would you know, spend a lot of their time at the yard with me. They had ponies as well. So we had our first pony when my daughter was six and my son was five. Uh, so they had a pony to share. So it was just a, a way of enticing them up to the stables where mummy was riding her horse. And it worked very well. And I have to say, you know, Laura and I have known each other for quite a while. And the times we've worked together and I come up to see Laura, she's got me many times waking up and going to the stables and cleaning out the horses and then doing it again in the evening. And you suddenly appreciate, you know, anyone with a horse, how much hard work and dedication it is to make sure that they're they're well looked after. So <laughs> I understand a tiny bit of <laughs> your you responsibility. I understand. Yeah, a there's lot. no switching off, unfortunately. <laughs> no, there isn't. So you now run your own business called, called the Equestrian Sponsorship Hub. So would you like to share with us how that sort of came about and how long you've been doing that for? Well, uh, when I came back from Hong Kong, um, I was working as a fitness instructor and then after a short while I took a part-time job with an equestrian company Equilibrium Products Mm -hmm. in their marketing department Um, and I actually joined them because they had uh, a number of sponsorship commitments and they needed additional help they just set up a new website and they needed additional help there so I just joined the marketing team sort of responsible in those areas Um, and I stayed with them for 10 years Wow. Then setting up the Equestrian Sponsorship Hub was just about a year ago now. I was at the stage where I'd been with Equilibrium Products for 10 years and I knew I'd always want to set up my own marketing agency. And I just believed that if I didn't do it then or now, I never would. So I just jumped both feet forward and... uh, (laughs) That was it. And that was it. In. I'm in. Started. And how's it been now being your own boss? I mean, you've obviously been your own boss before, like when you were your fitness, when you were doing your fitness training and everything. But how does this compare? 
Um, it's quite different. Um, I, I've ended up working much harder and much longer hours <laughs> for probably less money to start with. Um, but I, it's really rewarding. I love it because I know that the harder I work, the more I personally will get out of it. Yeah. Um, I, I perhaps, uh, being my own boss, I really enjoy. I do miss working with a big team of people. But uh, being my own boss, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I prefer that at, at my age. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, you know, for me as well, I, I think, and a lot of people I speak to, it does give you a little bit more flexibility. I mean, I know that for many people you land up working a lot lot harder but you can make your own decisions and if you need to you can change your sort of calendar around or diary around a bit easier i think that that probably is a a slight benefit or one of the benefits if you you know there are other people i know would argue and i've had them here that say no 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 i work even longer hours than i did before but maybe that's just their choice rather than looking back now i wouldn't change it at all i just wish i'd done it sooner actually so laura why did you set up the Equestrian Sponsorship Hub? Um, so I set up the Equestrian Sponsorship Hub primarily to make Equestrian Sponsorship a key and successful marketing tool for all riders, brands and organisations. I wanted to identify potential opportunities to establish relationships and activate a plan that delivers true value for our clients. What challenges have you found starting up? I mentioned in the intro about self-confidence, which I myself and I know that so many other women sort of struggle with from time to time, and especially things like imposter syndrome. Um, have you, have you, you know, have you struggled with that at all? Is that something that you've had to deal with, and how have you managed that? I think yes, definitely. At first, I did have that imposter syndrome and to be honest I think I'm still learning how to cope with it but I try not to compare myself to anybody else I focus on me and my journey and I just have to remind myself that I've got a huge amount of experience Uh, I know what I'm doing I love what I'm doing um, just keep reminding yourself that. I mean, that is such a great answer, I think, for so many women, seriously. You know, they, they kind of need that. I don't know, we don't believe that we can do it when you've been perhaps been in a corporate environment as well. Um, and you feel like, am I good enough to do this? You know, will people want what I offer, whatever that happens to be? Um, so saying that you've got to have belief in yourself and not compare yourself to anyone, I think, yeah, it's a really great piece of advice. I think I'm fortunate enough to be working in an area that I really love. I love what I'm doing. I'm absolutely passionate about the equestrian sponsorship. So would you like to tell us a little bit more about the equestrian sponsorship hub and how do you help your clients? Okay, so I work with brands, riders or events in equestrian sponsorship and this covers all areas of equestrian sponsorship so for brands I'll manage their whole sponsorship portfolio which could be events or title sponsorships or their sponsored riders um, uh, I'll ensure that they're getting the best value out of all of their sponsorship arrangements and activities and 
just add a sort of bit of a creative flair onto that as well, which often doesn't have to cost more money, but just look at every single opportunity that you're there. Because it's a really important part, isn't it, of equestrian marketing? I mean, the whole sponsorship thing, for me, finding that out in this industry for both for riders and brands, they both need each other, don't they? They definitely do. I think the brands need to support the riders and the riders support the brands. And that's what keeps the equestrian industry evolving, really. It's a niche industry. It's a very small industry, actually. And it's quite easy for a brand to get in front of their target market using equestrian sponsorship. And in these days, I feel really strongly that it is something that a brand should, an equestrian brand should consider, especially nowadays where a lot of effort seems to go into digital marketing Mm. and perhaps not spending any money on that um, using social media, which at the end of last year when we saw Facebook crash and Instagram crash, where is that brand then? Because they don't own any of that content at all. Sponsorship mm, allows right. you to get straight in front of your target audience and connect directly to them mm. and elevate your brand into an area perhaps, especially for a small brand, into mm. an area perhaps it hasn't been in the past. Mm. Mm. I'll also work with riders and manage their spon- all of their sponsorship activities, help them find more sponsors, help them manage their sponsorship arrangements, uh, and ensure that they're getting the value back from the sponsors. And you've got a really, I mean, I know you've got a number of riders and a number of brands, but you do have a guy called Ben Hobday, don't you, who's quite, well influential and, and a great rider so I mean and I know you've been doing some amazing stuff for him recently you know. yeah I love working with Ben Ben is a, a young guy with a, a big story um, he works really really hard at what he does has a huge social media following in the equestrian world uh, we were lucky enough last year to organize um, a, a short but nationwide tour uh, which was so successful Um, also brought on quite a few new sponsors towards the end of last year with some exciting plans going forward for this year yeah it's great fun working with Ben and all his sponsors yeah well well done you yeah sounds very exciting and I think also you're you're having to work quite hard pulling something together you've seen this gap in the market and now it's I guess it's evolving it to make sure that you're helping if that's a brand or a rider the best way possible and I know we were talking about this earlier before we started to record this Laura and I were chatting and I think social media is such a big thing today because it's not just necessarily the riders who we see uh, the likes of you and I maybe in magazines or, or on the TV but it's the people that have massive following you know those in influencers um and um you know the who love riding they just ride for pleasure but they also follow and share and are using a lot of the brands that the top riders are using so you know they're very influential as well so it's on lots of different layers isn't it Yeah, yeah that's a very new marketing area um especially in the equestrian world And a lot of brands are being smart and savvy 
and jumping on the back of that because there is a lot of young riders out there being very active on social media um, and they're influencing their followers and it's quite a uh, inexpensive or good value way for brands to get their message out to a huge target audience. Mm, mm, mm. No, totally. Well, exciting. So we're going to look forward to There's lots of ideas I know Laura's got. So you must follow her. Go onto her website and you're on Instagram and Facebook, aren't you, Laura? Yeah. Yeah, as the equestrian sponsorship hub. There you go. So, you know, you might be, uh, you know, you might be an influencer out there and love riding. So, you know, you might be somebody else who needs to follow Laura or get in contact with her, or you might be, you know, an up and coming rider. So, or a brand, of course, we hope you're all listening and we're all going onto her website and giving her a call. (laughs) Now, one of the most common um, comments I have actually, when people are starting their own business or people in business generally, just say how they can become very over overwhelmed with everything you know the decision making the day-to-day running um you know where they're going to take their business next and I wondered if you know how you'd found that and and if if you have sort of if that's been a challenge for you how you've coped with that I try not to let myself become overwhelmed because I think it's really easy I think I'm fortunate in the area that I work in that I can allow myself Um, to work forward, I can allow myself to work at my own time scale. I mean, that's a great piece of advice. I think sometimes what we do is we see it all and we think we've got to do it all at the same time. But you're saying you kind of try to take a step back from that and not let that feeling happen, if you like. <laughs> like, ah, what do I do next? I think so. I, Yeah, definitely. I think I'm fortunate enough in the area that I work that I can work to my own time scale. Mm. I've got a very supportive husband as well. So he keeps me grounded and he supports me <laughs> mentally, <laughs> supports me um, and talks things through. Talks things through. Oh, that's good. Because, you know, it could be the opposite. <laughs> no, he's very supportive. Yeah. And you say he supported you. Um, what other support have you, have you had uh, with setting up your business? Well, I'm fortunate enough to have your support, Tracy, <laughs> and thank you very much. I remember... We support each other, Laura. We're sitting, <laughs> sitting back here a couple of years ago um, and me sharing my vision and you being totally on board and actually giving me the confidence to go and make that decision and really I'm fulfilling my dreams now and I could not have done that without you Tracy um it's yeah having the support and giving you the the confidence and sharing that the vision together um it's very difficult to do it on your own and having a a mentor a coach is invaluable oh well listen thank you so much but I do feel sometimes you just need someone to talk to 
And you did it, Laura. You know, I just listened to you. You have a great idea and you did it. But you also have been there for me. So I think so often it's just it's mutual support, mutual collaboration. And um, we all, you're absolutely right. We all, we all do need that. But you have to be able to work with that person. You have to be able to connect to that person. It's fine. So I True. did find some support online. There's lots of um, coaches and mm. trainers and courses that you could do online. Um, and I did work for a, a while with um, a lady. I went to a full day workshop in London, which was uh, fantastic at the time. It really gave me... Um, the focus that I needed um, and gave me some questions to answer before I actually went forward and set up the business. But I think knowing somebody and being able to talk and work face to face is invaluable. Mm-hmm. I think you're right that you do need a connection, some form of connection. Some people deal with things or it helps them more if they don't know someone, but you're right you you normally find some sort of common ground and it is much nicer if you do hit it off like I said in the intro so <laughs> thank you again. we were lucky to find each we other we were very lucky <laughs> I, I feel I'm still very lucky <laughs> oh. are you still riding I mean you know there has to be some downtime um you've got your children but I believe they're kind of grown up or I know that they're grown up sort of doing their own thing um so you still doing your sort of training and exercise I mean I do I do a bit of um fitness um when I can try to fit it in I haven't got horses at the moment which I'm actually really enjoying for a long time in my life um I have two very active dogs so I'm out and about with the dog's every day and actually walking I'm very fortunate to live in a beautiful area of Buckinghamshire I'm very fortunate to be able to um, have lovely fields at the back of the house that I can walk the dogs around Um, and that actually that's my me time that's a time to relax and unwind but also I sometimes find that that's my creative time Mm. as well Mm. Um, and actually your ideas will come so I always have my phone with me always (laughs) sort of leave some voice notes on my phone when they um when I'm thinking of them but I'll also spend that time listening to podcasts especially with Tracy podcasts um it's just a nice time that's that's a bit of me time to unwind (laughs) oh brilliant I'm brilliant I mean I agree with you I mean I love walking as well and I think that is a really good time to kind of really think through things or review things and I have a really bad habit so anyone sees me I try not to do it when I'm in the town or the city but I'm in the countryside occasionally you might catch me talking to myself because it's almost like I have to voice it as well you know so it's like this mad woman walking that um I can assure you I don't think I'm that mad anyway <laughs> so um Laura we're getting to the end of the with Tracy podcast but I always love to ask people what is their vision going forward or do they have a vision for their business I mean not everyone does of course but I think I just certainly um for the moment just continue to do what I'm doing and just grow the business it's taken a little while for the business to evolve into what it's become now but it's very clear where help is needed or where I can offer help and support and advice to riders and brands um around equestrian sponsorship so my immediate vision really is just to keep 
growing and strengthen the business um, and build my client base. Yeah, fantastic. Um, And finally then, uh, a piece of advice or a bit of key learning that you would just like to share with anyone out there who are either starting up or or maybe they are running their business, but it's just quite nice to know what everyone's got to say. I'd probably say don't leave it too late. <laughs> Do it. If you if you feel and you have a, a vision of something that you want to achieve, if you want to set up your own business, do it. But make sure it's in an area that you love and you're experienced in and you know what you're doing and you'll be successful then. I think I'm fortunate enough to be doing really what I love. It motivates me to get out of bed every single morning. I love people. I love networking. I love working in the equestrian industry. Um, so I would, my advice would be stick to an area that you enjoy being in because it doesn't make hard work of it then. No. Well, that's great advice. And Laura, listen, thank you so much again. I know that the business is reasonably new, so hopefully you can come back and tell us a little bit more about how it's I'd getting on. I'd love to. Yeah. Well, so would I. Thank you, Laura. Thank you.